Oh, I'm so happy to watch this movie after last week. Yes. But we'll get into that, I'm sure. Uh, we're just going to quip on the cold open, I assume. Probably should have done the what we've been talking about. <laughs> Maybe. Or let's just do the... Trav has terrible taste in everything, so he listens to Shine Down and see there. So previously on the Oscar Westy podcast, <laughs> went over to Joe's the other night to do shark dress men stuff, and he got some Three Doors Down song stuck in my head, and I was <laughs> mad at him for the rest of the night. <laughs> I wanted to watch that uh, the TikToks you recorded that night, so I can see if I could see the hatred in your eyes when you look at him. <laughs> that it- <laughs> That is one of my favorite things to look at on TikTok. I have shown my partner so many times. And he's like, who's this? And I'm like, you know, one of the guys that I podcast with sometimes. And he's like, and he's dressed as a shark. And I'm like, yeah, because they're reviewing shark films. Isn't it awesome? And he's like, okay. And I've gone, it makes me wish I had a shark onesie. <laughs> Solidarity. I think get, it's brilliant. Get, get one. Be a guest shark for us. Done. I'll try and source one. <laughs> it's going to take a while. I'm not a small girl. <laughs> yeah, I, I fill out all of that baby uh, daddy shark costume. <laughs> I will say it is actually kind of funny watching how much like it encompasses Joe. Yeah. And then it's like, I see it on you and I'm like, well, it's not like a super big guy, but it's Joe just that small. <laughs> He's a small guy. He's like, Five seven, like uh, I'd say, probably at best about two oh five. Good, the guy just too many waffle stompies. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I feel like every awkward cold open should end with a waffle stompy. I don't know what a waffle stompy is. Oh, so. Would you like to know what a waffle stompy? <laughs> well, so, who wouldn't? Okay, so. I don't know if you follow Joe on TikTok at all. Um, um, outside I've seen outside his of stuff the occasionally. Okay. Um, I maybe. He's I'm not sure. He's an odd duck. I, I I don't think I've ever personally been in the same room with the guy, but I love I him. So. I I just his energy is just amazing. Um, he came on the podcast and he talked about <laughs> for some strange reason because it was like something that happened in like that particular year where he. Dropped a duke in the shower. <laughs> oh, yes. No, I've heard that story. Yes. Yes. So when you're uh, stomping it down the drain, it's a waffle, waffle stomp. Oh, I just understood why. Yep. Thanks for that, fellas. <laughs> yeah. And don't blame me. He's, he's the one who told you. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Jonathan. Could have gone my whole life without that. But, you know, thanks you know, for uh, If you would like an education on just the terrible sayings we have around <laughs> here, I just am full of it. Ask me what year the fucking constitution was signed and I'll no fucking idea. But if you want to know what an angry dragon is, I'll be more than happy to tell you. Well then, Jonathan, what's I'm not going to, I'm a gentleman. (laughs) (laughs) I knew you were. (laughs) Brilliant. You guys guys want to talk about a movie? Let's talk about a movie.
Hello, you beautiful people out there in podcast land. My name is Paul Workman. I'm Jonathan Pierce. And I'm Rachel Hope. And we are your Oscar Grouches, and welcome back to the Oscar Worcester Podcast, show where we normally discuss Oscar winners throughout history and try to determine where the Academy went wrong, if they went wrong, but we're not doing that with this week. We are in the middle of the spooky season, I guess they call it. Spoopy. And we, we are talking about great horror films. Jonathan, what are we watching this week? This week, we're watching Seven, a thrilling whodunit with an all-star cast and the best head Gwyneth Paltrow ever gave. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, brilliant. Uh, is this everybody's first time seeing Seven? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> No, for me, does anybody remember the first time they saw Seven? I don't. I, I, I don't. I would have been about 13. I was 13 yeah. when it came out. Let's see, 97, yeah. Or 95, I was 11 when it came out. Yeah, 11, yep. Uh, I know the first time I saw it was with my friend Trevor, who had this poster on his wall. He was in love with Brad Pitt. So all, all things, Trevor is a trans man and came out first as a lesbian and then as a trans man. <laughs> so baby steps. The, the hilarity of Trevor being in love with Brad Pitt when we were that age is lost on anyone but me, I guess. Fair enough. I, I feel like I saw it at the cinema. I feel like I, we had a local cinema that had really cheap tickets and my sister would take me to movies that were in no way age appropriate <laughs> i feel like i probably i know i saw it with her so i'm assuming i saw it at the cinema i'm also a really big scaredy cat even back then i was <laughs> i i her her favorite thing to throw in my face is the fact that i was the only person in the cinema that jumped and got scared in dungeons and dragons the movie that's incredible I'm not was just scared. at the fact that thora birch was in <laughs> What's wrong with Thora Birch? She's brilliant. Yeah. The fact that she was in Dungeons and Dragons was a little bit scary for me. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> I, th- I thought it was scarier that there was a Wayans brother in it. That's true. <laughs> He's actually pretty good in it, which might be the scariest <sighs> part of that. That's <laughs> fair enough. Yeah, I don't think I remember the first time I saw it. It was might have been just one of those movies, and I was like, you know what? I've heard a lot of people talk about this movie, and I, you know what? I'm a minute. I don't like scary movies. I don't like jumping and I'm a big guy. I don't need something to give me a freaking heart attack more than I'm already doing it to myself. <laughs> so to hear people refer to this movie as a horror movie, I'm just like, uh, is it, how scary is it going to be? And then I watch it and I'm like, I love like detective thrillers yeah. like this. And it has enough in it to go, this is definitely a horror movie in a way. While still, like, I mean, just the the sloth is enough to go, ooh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, that's, and that's the kind of horror that I actually enjoy. Where even as a kid, I loved it. Because anything that's just so, like, practical effects and just so out of the, there's no way this could actually exist on this earth. That's the shit I live for because I know it's not going to get me. But yeah, seven random time. Just caught it. Don't even know when. I just know I've seen it a million times since. Just Same. just always kind of been there, huh? Yeah, yeah, exactly. 
It's kind of like elevated music to me now. Like it's like that movie that is almost comforting to have in the background. <laughs> I don't know what that says about my personality. Yeah. Hey, Silence <laughs> of the Lambs is a comfort movie for me. So me too. <laughs> me too. That that's the wavelength. Um well before we move on to anything else, we're going to do an Oscar breakdown. breakdown. Seven was nominated for one award. That was best film editing. Yeah. Which, which it loses to Apollo thirteen. That's uh, that, if you're gonna if you're gonna lose, that's something you want to lose to. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, and and it being that that was its only nomination, it was kind of a dark horse in the category, along with Crimson Tide, also in the category. Uh, Braveheart is in the category, and the greatest film of 1995, Babe. <laughs> it's waiting for that. Babe is the best film in 1995. Listen, I love Babe. You know I love Babe, but yeah, it's not Braveheart. Yeah, no, not, I don't, I don't see editing song. editing being the thing for Braveheart. Though, like, I mean, I don't see editing being the thing that I would have picked for Seven either. Yeah, I, really? I thought it was. I mean, well I, edited. I, I, I do think it was well edited, but I think it was a strange category to get one nomination for. Yeah, I think if I think if I put it in one category above all other categories, I give Darius Kanji the uh, cinematography nomination. Yeah, yeah, I, I would go there. I would. Um, I also think like makeup. The oh yeah, makeup. The, yeah, you know, at the very least, I was really surprised that it didn't score that. Well, um, I. I also look at the acting categories and potentially I get why the fellas weren't nominated, but best supporting actress wasn't the strongest category that year. And when I look at who won, eh, yeah, Gwyneth Paltrow could have made the the cut. She's, she's not always up there with one of my favorites, but I don't think she was that far behind what she delivered was not really that much less than anybody else in that field. Sure. Right. All right. So I'm looking at cinematography and I think, there's room for this in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Braveheart wins. Uh, Lubezki's in for a little princess, which is really good. Go, uh, Stephen really Gold, Stephen Goldblatt's in for Batman Forever, which is really good cinematography there. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. Uh, Michael Coulter for Sense and Sensibility, which uh, is oh. is good. I think that can get cut. And I haven't seen Shanghai Triad, so you lose cinematography escapes me. Hmm. Uh, I was trying to find the makeup category for this year. Sense and Sensibility was a sleeper that year, really, wasn't it? Like, it just mm-hmm. sort of snuck in. Yeah. Into believe, so many categories. And I believe it wins Best Adapted. Mm-hmm, it did, yeah, for Emma Thompson. Okay, so the makeup category is one by Braveheart. Uh, my Family and Roommates are also in the category. This definitely could have gone in there. I, again, I love Braveheart, but when really makeup all you're getting is dirt or blue paint it, it's okay um, but well and I'm, uh uh father bruce back yeah, the, the leprosy was yeah it? yeah i i understand why braveheart got the nomination i don't understand why seven didn't i yeah look it was a year so. when braveheart swept and braveheart swept for a lot of reasons um, the sheer scale of that film, it deserved its nominations and, and quite a lot of its wins it deserved. But I, there was definitely room for Seven. Seven was a film that they just sort of slept on. Yeah. Um, let's see. This also got nominated for the best original screenplay, BAFTA. Which is honestly where I, 
I feel like it should have gone. I agree. But at the same time, something I want to talk about a little bit later, I, I can see why it wouldn't. Um, yeah. Uh, it loses to usual suspects. Hmm. Also, also Muriel's wedding in the category. Nice. <laughs> Love that film. <laughs> I, um, Muriel's wedding is one of those films that Australians like to pretend that that's not what it's like. Yeah. <laughs> but in the, in the town that she's in. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of that. I, I live in Melbourne now too. And when I watch that film, I'm like, Oh my God. <laughs> um, I actually, do you know what? I'm, I'm really glad that that scored that nomination. <laughs> yeah. That's a good nomination. Uh, all right. Okay. So before that's our, that's our awards breakdown. Yeah. And before we uh, shift over into actually talking about the film, uh, Rachel, I would like to give you a moment to let us know what about this film uh, made you pick this for the episode because the, these episodes are film horror films we think are good enough to win Best Picture. Look, I, I'm going to be completely honest. When I picked it, I don't know that I picked it thinking it was good enough to win Best Picture, but I definitely think it was good enough to earn a nomination for Best Picture. Um, I think it was a strong year for film. I don't think any film was going to be Babe or Braveheart. See how I just played both sides of the field? <laughs> um, it's nice for I you think, to placate, Jonathan. Yeah, you know. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I, I put this in the same category as I put Silence of the Lambs. Silence of the Lambs is an incredibly intense psychological thriller, but it did what so many didn't do. And it scored not just the nomination, but the win. Right. And it kept me wanting to watch, you know, what, 30 years later, I still want to watch that film. And Seven is that kind of film for me. If anything, my understanding and appreciation for this film increases the more I watch it. Mm. It's dark and gritty. It is, at that time, it was a very different performance for Brad Pitt um, mm. because he was coming off, I think this is the film, this and 12 Monkeys is what stopped him from just being that really pretty guy that did movies sometimes. Oh, and 12 Monkeys is an incredible performance. Yeah. And and when people talk about Morgan Freeman winning his Oscar, finally winning his Oscar, we look at films like Shawshank, we look at films like Seven and go, how did it not happen 20, 30 years before it actually did? Yeah. Um, I think... What it does is it, it puts you in the place of the story. It doesn't deter. You feel like you're actually witnessing what's happening rather than just watching a movie. It's You're very much part of it. You're following this through. You can't quite work it out. Um, and even the performance of the actor that shall not be named is chilling. It's chilling. It's an unexpected. Yeah, it's he he completely switches the dynamic of the film as soon as he enters it. Mm-hmm. Exactly it. Exactly it. And and I also have to admit, part part of me just really loves that to this day Brad Pitt says the thing that most people say to him on the street is, What's in the box? It's, I I if if I am asking my wife what she got from Amazon, that's how I'm asking her. Correct. Every time. <laughs> <laughs> that made me like you even more, Jonathan. <laughs> in fact, uh so I uh forgot to watch the movie until today and I had to hurry up and get it. So I got it on Amazon and my wife was like, what'd you buy from Amazon? I was like a movie for the podcast. She's like, what movie? And I sent her the gif of what's on, what's in the box. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> Why didn't you just watch it on Peacock? I don't have Peacock. Oh. What's Peacock? Uh, NBC, our uh, local, uh, local uh, U.S. station. Uh, I know what NBC is. Okay. <laughs> I'm tired. Would you, uh, would you like to know what a TV is? <laughs> yes. So there's this thing called a television. It has a little... Okay. Um, I think you call uh, it a watch that that big screen? <laughs> uh, NBC has their own streaming service called Peacock. Okay. And if you if you pay for it, you get other things than just watching some of the free stuff that they have. Okay. They have all the Star Treks. I'm, I'm oh, wait, that may so not that be Peacock. Paramount. That's, That's Paramount. Paramount. That's right. Never mind. I don't I had Peacock and I wanted it there for because I wanted to watch Brooklyn Nine Nine the other day. Oh, see, that's, that's on Netflix on in Australia. Well, I know what I'm setting my VPN to. <laughs> uh, all right. So, Jonathan. Yes. Let's talk trans- about this movie. Let's talk about this movie. Yeah. Oh, I love this movie so much. <laughs> I'm, I'm just so I'm just so when, happy I got to rewatch this. <laughs> when 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 Rachel when I was trying to be like, hey, you know, what movie do you think you might want to go? And she goes, seven. I'm like, fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I believe that was my response as soon as he put it. It, in it was. Chat. I was like, it yes. was because you you sent me a message and I just because I, like, I was so apprehensive because because I'm such a fraidy cat with horror movies and I was like, how do I answer this? And I had a few different answers, but I was like, oh no no no, and then I was like, oh seven done. I, w- yeah. I want to know what some of your contingencies. Yeah, are. I, I I can't think now. I. And I even have, because I, uh, fellas, I'm very organized and write myself notes, uh, which includes uh, Gwyneth Paltrow, question mark, and then a whole heap of doodlings of my name. (laughs) I'm very professional here. Um, I'm not sure. It's in my other notebook, but I do remember, oh, Misery was on my list. Oh, I remember that. We're we're covering that um, next week. Yeah, which is it's what Jonathan had said was uh, you can't do misery, and I went oh, okay, oh seven. <laughs> um, I mean, personally, fellas, I I'm surprised that you're doing uh, misery and not the other Stephen uh, King classic, Thinner. Oh yes. If you have well, not seen it, you need to. <laughs> I have. I haven't seen it in years, but um, uh, our our guests next week who do a Stephen King podcast. Uh, oh wow covered the book and the movie on on their podcast and i will need to get the details kathy bates is is it's to me what judy dench is to paul like i will forever want to be married to that woman so i i I love her so much just her talent alone makes her the sexiest woman alive i i'm 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 with you on the sexiest woman thing there i uh we're watching the office at the moment my partner's never seen the american office okay and we're now at the stage where Kathy Bates is in it. And she walks nice. in and I looked at him and I'm like, I'm just telling you, hands down, don't care. I'd go there in a heartbeat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, he, and, he, and he looked at me and he went, me too. Yeah. <laughs> As we all should. Yeah. <laughs> give, give me some fried green tomatoes, misery, Eric Kathy Bates any day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All there. All right. So about this movie, um, <sighs> Fincher for me has always been very hit or miss on literally everything he does. Cause I either really fucking love what he did does like things like this, like fight club and that, or I really fucking hate shit that he does. Um, I can't, I can't like think alien of one thing three. 
Oh, Alien 3's that that's not his fault. That's yeah. just money. A- Alien 3 is what drove him to make this movie. Sure. So that he could have more creative control by working with a smaller studio like New Line. Okay. Like one for them, one for me sort of thing. Well, he took it, one for the team. Well, it was more like, okay, so Fincher was a music video director in yeah. the 80s and 90s, started propaganda films um, and decided to jump into the world of film and jumping in on a franchise like Alien is where he went. And the studio pretty much interfered with everything he did. Mm, that, that's fair. Like his name is on it. But if you get like any alien box set, they everybody else has a director's cut. You know, the, gotcha. Scott, Ridley Scott has a director's cut. James Cameron, Jean-Pierre Genet. Uh, and there's I, I always forget what they call his cut, but it's like the the unedited, like unreleased version, but it's not the David Fincher director's cut because he disowns the film because it's not his film. Gotcha. Okay. That's fair. So, so when this script gets floated to him, he's like, this is the movie I want to do. And we're going to do it with a smaller studio. Cause you know, new line wasn't new line. Wasn't a huge studio in the nineties. Yeah. They're, they weren't bought by Warner brothers yet. So, um, they're, they got lucky with getting the license to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, uh, they got lucky to get the, the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise and uh, <laughs> nicknamed the studio the house that Freddy built. So yeah. lucked into a lot of things. And then, of course, Marvel is almost going out of business and they acquire the rights to the Blade franchise and make a few moderate hits out of those. And yeah, so they're, they're, they, they weren't interfering with anyone the sure. way that big studios were because they wanted good directors to come work with them. And this was kind of the film that switched how people thought about new line cinema at the time. Okay. Um, so one thing I do kind of want to point out a little bit here is how, when it comes to a detective film, it's a little tropey. You know, you have the retired cop who's just got six more days to go and then he's out of here and I don't want to get into it. And, and you know, that's and it, it just it, it works for the movie. But again, watching it in the future and seeing how much more again continues along that path. It's like, all right, I've seen this a few times. It does not hurt the film, though. But one thing we had talked about. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, but but him him having six days to go. Uh, you know, just works into all the sevens that yeah. this movie cycles around. So it it's just kind of an arduous number, but uh, it fits into the cycle. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, and another thing we had talked about, uh, with the acting in this film. And there is one person in this entire movie that makes me feel like they need to give an additional category in the Academy Awards for people who don't have much time on screen but give the most amazing fucking performances is the guy who banged the stripper i knew you were <laughs> gonna say that I, Dude, I knew that's who you were gonna go with <laughs> it's the panic attack he has it's just like i would like if i was in that force situation i know 100 that is the exact cadence i would be talking that is the the breaths i would be taking i would be scared of where my life goes from here. And you see that in that moment, that guy is fucking phenomenal. So I just, I had to bring him up. That guy's great. 
I think that's something that people don't think of too, like is that um, we we often think of lead lead actors or supporting actors, but we don't we don't think about what a difference the other characters or min- minor appearances can make. Mm-hmm. And right. I think it's a film where every every performance is strong, whether it's a lead performance or not. Yeah. yeah. No, absolutely. I, I also want to give a shout out to Arlie Ermy, not playing Arlie Ermy in this movie. He's playing him a little bit, but he's just not yelling at anybody. I, I don't think he can't not be sure. Arlie Ermy in a movie, but it's nice to see a movie where he's not cast in the movie to just be the drill instructor from yeah. <laughs> Full Metal Jacket, where someone's like, oh, wait, this guy is a film legend, and I want him in my movie to just give a performance instead of just shouting. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I love Ar- Arlie Ermey and literally <laughs> everything he's in. Just it's, it's nice to see him step outside of that. Yeah. yeah. Again, we're stuck in that amazing movie lull. It It's really hard to not think about. Uh, where do we go? Darius Kanji's cinematography is incredible. Amazing. And apparently they... Um, they don't strip the si- or strip the silver out of the film stock, and that's what gives it all the dark, the real deep black. Great. Okay. Yeah. It's oh god, it's beautiful. Yeah. And let's not forget, fellas, supporting performance by two of the biggest dogs to live in one of the smallest apartments ever. Yes. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> An apartment that that they apparently built and put on earthquake platforms. Like a hydraulic foundation or something. Oh, so that yeah. they could have the trains oh. in the background. And and nice. would, bring, would bring people on set and not ward. That sounds so good. Nice. <laughs> I would be that guy. That, uh, that dinner scene was actually one that I loved because they, they always say, you know, people say that crying on screen is the hardest thing to do, but it's actually laughing. Oh yeah, and you don't see Morgan Freeman laugh much in a movie, and he like belly laughs in this one, and the way that it's done just goes. I fucking love that guy so much <laughs> for just like the most random thing. Like it was just like their house shakes, and the realtor fucked him. Yep, and then we just just busts his gut. Like it's great. I loved it. So I. But you can't talk but, too much about Morgan Freeman being a great actor because we already fucking know it. <laughs> like, I, I, I do I do think he's great, but I do think what works for this film is that there are certain aspects that are real. Mm. His laugh in that scene is real. Yeah. The fact that so many people do get screwed over by real estates that will view will show a property at certain times a day, that's mm. real. And it's a film that has such sensational storylines in it that you could deter from the real to really delve into the cinema fake of it all. Mm. And it's not. It's played just really just raw, really. And there's something so... Even even the fact that you've got this character that's so desperate to prove himself and to prove that he's a real hard-ass and that nobody can really, like, beat him and then he's the guy rolling in the in the lounge room with his dogs because everybody knows that guy. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm tough and I'm not going to be like that. And then, you know, oh, baby, do you want me to feed you from the table? Don't tell mommy. 
<laughs> right? There's that there's something about it that that very much feels like that was important when they were yeah. making it. So I, I think you kind of hit on something that just kind of came to me and, and it is realistic people and doing realistic things in an unrealistic situation. It's like real guys versus like something that's just cannot happen and will be completely decimating to you. Watching that, I, I watching that contrast is just amazing because why are you smiling like that, Paul? <laughs> you just I mean, you you what you're saying. Sorry, like, I'm enjoying what you're saying. It no. makes me smile to listen <laughs> to you talk way that about you've been... so passionately. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so it's just, it's it is like it's like watching what you know what happens if you put your average Joe against a supervillain. Yeah, like that. that I I love that. That just the way you pointed that out to me. Just oh, looking at me with those eyes. <laughs> They are rather spectacular. Are they, they not? Away. Yeah, they they, they come up often. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I I heard a I I heard a quote from Hugh Grant once who said that the hardest thing to do on film is walk arbitrarily. Like walk like a normal person oh. walking through. I think it was in the <laughs> this is gonna be a random place. I think it was in the commentary for Love Actually, and he was actually praising Andrew Lincoln for a scene when Andrew Lincoln's just walking alongside, just had to get out of his apartment and just walk away from a situation. Mm. And he he complimented how well he did that because he said everything about that was literally that was the guy you were walking past on the street in London. Right. You know, they get you know you 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 run your fingers over something or you your hands go in your pockets, but there was nothing forced about it. Right, and and I think that that's that's something in this film. The laughter is real. The mm-hmm. e- even the the uh, volume control in their voices when they're you know that you've got a character that has this very almost one level voice, and then you've got one that has like no real control over what he's expressing. Right, and that that also works in with youth and expectation and wanting to prove yourself and and all of these things like they're just such minute details that make it art yeah absolutely so you got me thinking now every time i start walking down the street i become aware of my arms i don't know how to not force <laughs> what do i do with, my, do hands? with my hands <laughs> <laughs> all right I, I live in a city where masks are still compulsory on public transport. And so I like find myself walking down the train platform, trying to make my eyes smile. So people don't think that I'm glaring at them to get out of my way. (laughs) I feel like my smile face with my eyes just makes me look stoned. So people are just going to see that. I might as well just be. Um, All right. Well, anybody else got any notes on this amazing movie? It's just, so hard to talk about a great movie. It it really is. It's it's the hardest thing to talk about as far like, as podcasting goes. Like I could sit here and ramble off a bunch of facts I read, but then it just becomes a making of podcast. Yeah. <laughs> no, I I think Andrew Kevin Walker's script is incredible. I think these actors bring it to life and uh Richard Brown trees in this movie, so we get shaft, mm-hmm. which I love. Um yeah, Look, between I- Oh, go on. Sorry. Go on. 
I was going to say, um, I do understand why the fellas didn't get the Academy Award nominations, though. Um, I know that we had a conversation once about obvious performances and not so obvious performances and the fact that Clint Eastwood gets nominations for his acting performances, even though they're understated. I think with a film like this, it's not dramatically on show. If you look at the the men that were nominated that year, you had Sean Penn and Richard Dreyfus and Nicolas Cage. These were men that, I mean, there's nothing subtle about a Nicolas Cage movie, no, no. no matter which movie it is. There's nothing subtle about a performance. And I, I think that all of the performances that year were strong, but it is understandable how these two inc- incredible actors, you know, I think, I, I think everybody gives Morgan Freeman his, his due, but I think a lot of people still uh, categorise Brad Pitt as a pretty actor. It's not unlikely in Leonardo DiCaprio that it doesn't matter how great they deliver. Yeah. They got there because they're pretty, you know, is, is the sort of attitude towards them. Um, and so I think it's understandable that that their performances were overlooked that year. Yeah, and I mean, and Brad Pitt sneaks away with the nomination for Twelve Monkeys, which I think is a yeah. really cool nomination. Yeah, because yeah, uh, and of course he loses to his castmate, the unnamed actor, um, for Usual Suspects, and Morgan Freeman gets nominated the year before for Shawshank. Yeah, so it's it's not like the two of them are being ignored or snubbed completely. Yeah. Just, uh, sorry, I'm trying not to laugh, but when you're talking about Brad Pitt and 12 monkeys, have you guys seen the film? Can't hardly wait. Yeah. Oh yeah. And and the girls are talking about, but he is no Brad. He's not even Brad Pitt and 12 monkeys where he's like all (laughs) dirty. (laughs) Sorry. That was going through my head. And I'm like, I'm like, don't laugh, don't laugh, don't laugh. And I'm like, Oh, I can't help it. God, I love that movie. <laughs> Me too, Amanda. I feel really sorry for any woman named Amanda because every time I hear their name since I was 17 years old, I hear Amanda. Nice. It's my sister's name. <laughs> oh, that poor girl. <laughs> I 100% call her that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's go ahead and uh, jump into our worsty judgments here. night court theme i can't i can't not move right (laughs) all right well rachel we'll start off with you um did i forget the question again i always forget the question (laughs) did deserve it i don't feel quite so guilty that i can't answer it now no it's okay did this movie deserve best picture this this movie deserved a nomination for best picture i think that it was a year where the films that were nominated were vastly different and most of them deserved their nominations I think I think the sheer scale of Braveheart makes it very difficult to not recognize it. And because it does fall into that category that the Academy loves, they love the monster epic film, you know, the uh, Lawrence of Arabia of it all, really. Um, I definitely think this film deserves a nomination. I, I put it in the same category as Silence of the Lambs. Uh, I, d- I I think I understand why Silence of the Lambs won, but definitely a nomination. All right. I completely agree. Uh, And not just because of Braveheart. I mean, Braveheart's (laughs) that movie that even if it hadn't won, I'd have been like, whatever. 
still my favorite movie. I'm not saying it's the best movie. It's just my favorite movie. Right. Um, I, I'd even probably would have said Apollo 13 should have won, but, um, but this movie definitely did deserve a nomination. I think it's better than Sense and Sensibility, and I haven't seen The Postman, so I think it's immediately better because I've watched this movie a hell of a lot more than I have that one. Uh, so yeah, I, does it deserve Best Picture? I, I definitely think it's possible, 100%. Paul? You know, I think this ends up in my top 10 this year. And if it's in my top 10, I'm going to go ahead and say yes. Uh, I, I don't know it's my pick for best picture, but if if it had one best picture, I'm not mad about it. So I think that goes in the yes category. Do we think that because it was so close to Silence of the Lambs winning that that might have had some sort of effect on it not winning? I think I think or it being hurts nominated. It. Yeah, I think it hurts it some, and I also think it's maybe still a little too dark. Mm. Like it, you know, Braveheart. Sure, the 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 hero is dismembered, but it still has kind of a upbeat ending with uh, his Robert the Bruce. Cohorts. Yeah, Robert yeah. the Bruce picking up the sword. Apollo 13's uplifting. Babe's uplifting. Sense of sensibility is a sweet film. I, I haven't seen El Postino, so I can't uh, talk to how that goes, but I think the film's, sure. I think the film's just too dark, especially, especially the year after fucking Forrest Gump won. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's true. That's true. Um, yeah. And I mean, the, yeah, this is going most likely going in my top 10 along with babe and toy story. And, uh, 12 monkeys yeah it's a good movie it's real good amazing all right rachel well uh is this the worst best picture uh no no not by a long shot no i mean just out of curiosity what's your worst horror movie oh that's an interesting oh now see i'm gonna get all uh technical on you here and say what do we mean by worst? Because, like, with horror movies in particular, worst can mean so many things. So, like, and I, yeah, you're perfectly right because the worst are tend to be the best horror movies to sit and watch. Correct. Right. See, Freddy versus Jason, hands down, funniest horror movie I've ever seen. Loved that. Horrendous. It, it's Horrendous film. Loved I, it. I think the most entertaining Jason movie is Jason X. Oh yeah. Oh, sure I, I. You know what? That that's up there for me as well. I really enjoy that. Um, this the Strangers with Liv Tyler and Scott Speedman is a movie that I will never, ever, ever, ever watch ever again because it scared the living daylights out of me. Oh. I don't know why. But then you have I, to be like, is that a good horror movie then? Because that's exactly it. Yeah, but like, okay. is it is it the worst? Because it left me completely unsettled for days. And I also can't understand why uh, we say Tamara, and in that film, everyone says, "Is Tamara home?" And I'm like, <laughs> probably because you know, is Tamara home does not have the same <laughs> psychological effect. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, okay. So what what doesn't take any of those boxes for you? Um, what, look, what movie didn't scare you and you were like, I'm not going to watch this again? Like, what Nicole Kidman movie do you think was just that bad? <laughs> you have to do the hand action if we're talking Nicole Kidman sure, because sure. she she gestures with her whole hand like this. I don't get that. 
Uh, <laughs> nice hand. <laughs> um, I'm going to say Drag Me to Hell is the worst horror movie I've ever seen. Uh, so um, that is, is it Alison Lohman? Yes, it's yes. Alison Lohman. Yep. Uh, Justin, uh, Long? Justin Long. And she gets cursed. Yeah, so is the, there is a very talented Australian actress in that film, and even that's not enough to save it. <laughs> I was like, nothing about it is realistic. Nothing about it is original. Nothing about it is is interesting. It is hilarious, but mostly just because it is so horrendous. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I, I think I, I think Raimi made it intentionally hilarious because he's <laughs> a fucking wild man. <laughs> I. I also think that sometimes it's more obvious when you've got people that have shown great filmmaking in other ways or great performances in other ways, and then all of a sudden you're watching this film going, oh, this had to be a good paycheck, right? Yeah. There's a reason why they did this. Were you bored that season? (laughs) Uh, I'll I'll just stand here and just have to say I disagree because I love that film so much. (laughs) And that's what's great about this is that you know, <laughs> well, and this, that we all I love think, films so much that it's like a fine line between love and hate. And I think that's right. what's great about horror as a whole because there's just so many different types of that subgenre that yeah. there's literally something for everybody. I even enjoy really bad horror. Like, have you ever seen The Rage? Carrie yes. Two. Oh yes, yeah. Carrie Two. I was gonna say when you said the rage oh, in my God. head, I went Carrie Two. <laughs> starring, starring Home Improvement Zachary Ty Bryan. Yes. Are you talking about Carrie Two Electric Boogaloo? Yes, Carrie Two Electric Boogaloo. That's right. <laughs> Carrie Two Cruise Control. <laughs> it's another one that I used to watch all the time, and it was literally only because Billy Corgan did the um, soundtrack for it. It was Stigmata. Okay. Uh, do, do you know what? I, I actually don't think Stigmata is a bad film. Great it's, performance from an Arquette. <laughs> it was one of those movies that was like, the the whole reasoning behind everything was to say, like, oh, it's just a dead guy. That, that just kind of <laughs> ruined the whole movie for me. <laughs> but It's Gabriel Byrne in that film, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and he, and he also yeah. did... Um, I mean, I'll just close my eyes. That man can say anything he likes. <laughs> <laughs> he also did End of Days around that time, which I oh, believe God. he plays Satan. With uh, Robin Tunney. Oh, Robin Tunney. Wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I had a thing for Robin Tunney because of the craft. I uh, I wanted her hair in the craft, and I was so disappointed as a 28-year-old woman when I found out it was a wig because <laughs> I had spent a good two years of my life from 95 to 97 trying to get my hair to do that. Is, yeah, and it was probably a wig because she had just come off of doing Empire Records. Empire Records. Mm, <laughs> <yep>. <laughs> Do you know what I love, Paul? I love that your your mind is as full of movies as mine. It, it's I, I feel like we could have, yeah. <laughs> Other people don't get it. I Everything comes back to a film quote, and people just look at you like you're somewhat deranged. Like you are the yep. living horror movie. That's Yeah, that's e- exactly. <laughs> this is why I like to hang around him, because I'm never bored, and I could watch a movie and just go, did you know but he doesn't do it in parts where it's annoying. That's Paul is a great, yeah, Paul's a great guy to sit and watch a movie with. It, it's something I highly recommend everybody try. Yeah, I, you know, you know what, fellas, I'm gonna I'm gonna put it on my bucket list. I'm gonna watch a film with you guys in person sometime. Done. I greatly enjoy that. Would look fantastic. To Paul it. Paul gets to pick the film because Jonathan, you're hit or miss. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. Oh, that's you, you're not wrong. 
that's a that's a heavy ask. I'll, I'll compile a list and we'll see how we're feeling when you walk in. Okay. If you will, if you ever come to Australia, I'll I'll take you to where they film Babe. So we're good. I might actually be going there at some point. I'm sure. Um, yeah. Um. Let me know. Let me know yeah. if uh, you and yours uh, rock up. You're more than welcome. The, be- the best we can do in our area is take you to where they shot the uh, Jamie Lee Curtis horror film Virus. I remember that. <laughs> oh, I, I, so I lived in Sydney up until three months ago. I was in Sydney this week. Uh, my partner was working. I was working there. And we we went past one of the train stations and I said to him, that's your favourite train station in Sydney? And he goes to me, I don't think I've really been to train stations in Sydney. And I've gone, but that's where they filmed The Matrix. So that's your favourite train station in Sydney. Nice. And he's like, is the phone booth still there? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, no, it was 1999. Okay. <laughs> I have... I have pictures of when I went to my favorite train station in Chicago where they shot the shootout from the untouchables. <laughs> I, I have uh, pictures from the train station in Chicago just because I was like, wow, I feel like I'm in ER. <laughs> oh yeah. I've, I've been on the ER back lot. Have you? <laughs> Not that show. <laughs> uh, I got a, I got a tour of Warner brothers studios from my dad's high school friend who directs B movies. Yep. And he took us onto the Warner Brothers back lot and I ended we ended up where they shot a uh, Dr. Quinn medicine woman. <laughs> <laughs> Do you, you you know how there are those moments in your life where you think what was I doing when that happened? I will never forget the fact that I was watching Dr. Quinn medicine woman when <laughs> Princess Diana died. <laughs> I remember my sister and I were really into the episode and they're like, we interrupt this program and we're like, oh, what now? And then we're like, oh, okay. <laughs> Slightly more important. I hope Jane nice. Seymour understands. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh, Jesus. All right. Well, Paul, yes. uh, the question I think is on you now is, uh, is this the worst best picture? Uh, uh, worst horror movie. Oh, no, he asked you. Oh, worst what, best picture, yeah. What you yeah. thought your worst horror movie is. Uh, yeah. No, this is not the worst best picture. In fact, if uh, if I had my list up right now, it'd probably be like in the 30s. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. That's probably about where mine would be. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we will call that one there. Rachel, thank you very much for being with us again. It is always a pleasure to have you with us. Yes, and thank you for bringing Seven onto the show. Yes. Thanks for letting me hang out, we, fellas. It was, it's always fun. Definitely needed a palate cleanser. Yeah. <laughs> Well, what would you like to plug today? Oh, well, um, <laughs> you always know that's coming and yet I never prepare for it. <laughs> um, uh, at the moment, I'm just about to start, even though it's uh, it's a week into the month of October, I'm about to start Trick or Treat, a month of Halloween and horror movies on TikTok. So uh, you can find me at Hopeful Ray Sun. On Instagram, you will find me sporadically sprucing body confidence or occasionally saying, wow, I feel really cute in what I'm wearing today. Um, and you can find me at Hopeful Ray of Sunshine. <laughs> and, um, and for those that just want to stalk me on Google, my name is, no, sorry, that was just a joke. It's really poor attempt at humor. Dox yourself <laughs> to 12 people. Careful. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you again very much for being with us here today. Anytime. All right. And my name is Jonathan Pierce. You can find me on the Twitter, TikToks, and on the Twitch TV at 
Altorn underscore Occam. And Paul, where can we find you? Uh, you can follow me at Father of the Fear across the platforms of Twitter and Letterboxd, where I'm keeping a running tally of all the films that I watch. I don't think I got a chance to watch anything this week because I decided to go down to Atlanta for a weekend to watch a bunch of baseball. Sports ball. Go me. Go sports ball. Uh, and also, you can follow me and Joe Tapia on TikTok at Shark Dressed Men. Shark Dressed Men. Those are words that I can say. Uh, where we're covering a bunch of shark-related content. And Jonathan, yes. what are we watching next week? Next week, we are watching Misery with Josh Khan, I believe. I believe that watching. is correct. That yes. is correct. Where, uh, yeah, we get to hear me gush about the love of my life for some time. So, excited for that. That's fine. That we would like to thank Trav, our sister podcast, Loving Up with Benjamin Banks, for producing the show. We would like to thank Chad Ramsey for our most excellent theme song. We'd like to thank Megan and Jay Bellevue for our beautiful artwork. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Oscars Pod, not Facebook with the Oscars Podcast. Feel free to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a nice five star review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify. It really helps us to be seen in the almighty algorithm. The almighty spoopy algorithm. So, for Rachel, Jonathan, and our producer, Trav, who would like to know, we would like for you all to have a damn fine day.